everybody. Hey guys, how are you doing? This is Zach. And this is Stuart. And this is the Backbury Super Show. This is a main episode, uh, episode 40, uh, where, what, what are you wearing? Just the hat. Just a hat? Just a hat to cover my mind. Okay. So it can't be hunted. Yeah. It's my tinfoil hat. We're covering Mind Hunter or uh, tracking down murderers with my mind. Yeah. Okay. So um, <laughs> this is a Netflix show. I've talked about reading the book previously. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know that you stated that this is based off of a book, which is based off of real actual. Life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. The character in the show is uh, this Netflix show. Again, I love David Fincher, so this is right up my alley. Yeah, I definitely see why you chose this particular, uh, I guess, show to go with. Yeah, he. Um, so, so Holden, the main character in this, uh, along with Bill Tench, and oh god, what is her name? Wendy. Yeah. Um, are portrayed as the main characters in this. John Douglas is the guy that Holden is largely based off of. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a an FBI su- uh, special agent who kind of developed the behavioral sciences mm-hmm. unit, which specifically hunts serial killers. Um, and when I say develop, I mean he worked with a psychologist and um, another uh, FBI agent to kind of develop a profile to go off of based on how, what, what the, the, um, MO of certain killers is. Yeah. Uh, like, and it's early enough that there was not a term for serial killers. Like the, the original proposed name for serial killers would have been sequence murderers. murderers yeah. Cause the first season <clears throat> takes, I think, um, takes place in like. In the seventies. Okay. Yeah. And then the second season actually jumps a little bit in time. It does. And, and part of that is is um, so that they can kind of show how the unit has evolved. Evolved, yeah. Yeah. And the second season actually takes place here in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so let's start at season one. Yeah. Um, so it focuses on the development of the profiling. Um, there's... I don't know how much true crime you know. Like, I used to have this weird obsession with serial killers. Yeah, I, I never um, had that obsession. I know of a couple of people who enjoyed, like, reading about, you know, um, the Manson, uh, like, killings yeah. and all sorts of different things. I never really got into, like, serial killers or true crimes. It just wasn't my jam. I mean, a lot of it seems like prof- profiting off dead people. Um, yeah. I, I find it fascinating because it's... It's how evolution goes wrong, I think. I feel like on some level there's there's an uh, an aspect of people's personalities where they don't develop like a conscience and then the hunting instinct is higher. Yeah. Like it's it's just how the evolution of, of what makes humans good evolutionarily as an animal, and it's twisted and warped in some way. Like yeah, I can see that. It's um, so That's an interesting, um, can, you know, uh, link. Yeah, so um, the one of the interesting framing devices for the first season, I don't know if you, you noticed or not, not being familiar with it, there's... Um, a bunch of framing devices for each episode, uh, or bookend, bookends rather. Yeah. Where they follow this guy, 
and he works for a security yeah, technician. Um, ADT um, or something. Yeah, he works for ADT. Yeah. And he uh, snooping in people's homes. Yeah. Um, he's drawing women being mutilated. Yeah. And uh, for those who are unfamiliar, what they're depicting is a guy named Dennis Rader, who is the BTK. Oh. Uh, which is by torture kill. Um, oh, wow. That's what he called himself. Um, John Douglas in real life was one of the FBI agents who was responsible for catching him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like what they're doing with that in that it's showing how the science is going to lead to him being caught because he does very specific things in those, those bookend scenes. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, and, you know, that happens throughout the first and second season. Um, yeah, it's strange, like, how people have a pattern and sort of a ritual and stuff like yeah, it's, that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very ritual, especially the organized um, serial killers. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, disorganized would just be, like, a, a mass murderer, basically. Yeah. Um, there's, there's no, like, it's just one big boom and you're done, and then organized like there's a ritual involved and yeah yeah like the, it, it those are the weirdos yeah um, and i mean it again i'm not really well versed in this sort of genre or this like avenue of life so it was kind of interesting seeing all of this um just sort of like how these people had these rituals and how these people kind of like justified to themselves these killings and stuff like that yeah. It's it's really interesting what the human mind can do to sort of like justify and normalize yeah. like horrible and horrific things. Well, so an interesting thing. So with B, th- this is an offshoot. This isn't covered so far in the Mind Hunter show. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about BTK for just a little bit. Okay, I, I have no he, idea. So he. Um, he was a security technician. Yes. Right? So he had access to people's houses. He had access to people's houses. Um, when he first started killing, there, there's a, a section of, of the Mindhunter book where they've kind of pieced together through interviews with him and with other people that were going around. Before it reached the level of FBI and it was just a homicide, a weird string of homicides yeah. that were happening. Um he went into the police station and being a security person, like he knew a couple of, of officers. And yeah. They, because like, I assume that see... you have to like call in sometimes yeah. to the uh, precinct and being like, Hey. Yeah. And, and so he, um, he actually got a tour of the, um, the homicide investigation room where they had all the stuff up. And so he actually... He knew that they weren't on him? He knew that they weren't on him because <laughs> he, he had access to the evidence. That, that is crazy. Um, the funny thing is, so BTK was caught, I think, in the 80s, or late 80s, early 90s, maybe. Maybe, maybe even late 90s. Mm-hmm. Because the way they caught him is he was writing um, Zodiac-style... Um, Oh, letters try, taunting the, the police. Trying right? to get him to catch it, yeah. Um, and that's how he, he named himself BTK, right? Oh, uh, okay. And, because he would bind, torture, and then kill. Oh, um, gosh. So, <laughs> the the way that the FBI caught him is through the course of these, these letters, um, 
Dennis Rader asked them if there was any way they could trace um, digital info or not? Di- oh yeah, digital information um, via like a floppy disk. Which, of course, they could, mm-hmm. but when a killer asks you that, you say no. Yeah. So they get a floppy disk from him. <laughs> and they can read that the data was put together on this church in this town by this person. Wow, yeah. And the weird Why thing... Why would he send the floppy disk? Oh, yeah. He had access to a computer. Um, I guess, like... He... So he... Um, yeah, it turns out, like, the, there are instances where the profile is wrong. Mm-hmm. Not frequently, but frequent enough that it's like, well, is it is it a really working profile? If Like, that, that's a question you have to ask yourself. Because um, I forget what their exact profile for BTK was, but it was not accurate. Like, he was uh, married, he had kids... He was a oh. deacon in his church, in his, so I think, Lutheran weird. church. Um, I yeah. wonder how he turned it off and on. Like, I mean, apparently I, it's it's a thing. Well, like, do you have like, split personality no, disorder? No? No. Um, That's so well, strange. if you think about it, Ted Bundy is another one that he was a, an organized killer. I don't know any of these people, so... Wait, you don't know who Ted Bundy I is? I know... Of Ted Bundy, but, like, I don't know... So, Ted Bundy... Intimately, like, his details and all that stuff. So, Bundy is is an... And I I promise we'll talk about Mindhunter. I I like sharing information. Yeah, Um, no, that's fine. That's fine. So, Bundy is kind of known as as the the most charismatic of the serial killers. Really? Um, I thought that would be, um... What's his face? Uh, uh, Manson. Well, Manson never actually killed anyone. Oh, but he got people to kill. Right. Well, he was a cult leader. There's a lot of evidence that drugs were involved. Oh, okay. And stuff like that. All right. What I mean by Bundy being charismatic is that he was able to convince people that it, it wasn't him, right? So, like, there, there's a couple of Netflix documentaries huh. that are really interesting yeah. uh, about Bundy. Um, he was caught three times. Oh, wow. He escaped twice. Just, like, escape jail? Yeah, so what what he did is he got caught... He started out in Oregon, and he was, a, he was finally caught in, I think, Florida. Wow. But he was caught in Colorado the first time. Um, he, during his trial, uh, he was a law student at one point, so he represented oh. himself... So he needed access to the law, law library. Yeah. Right? He, while preparing for his case, um, the guy who was in charge of watching him said, Hey, Ted, uh, I'm going to go outside for a smoke break. You're good, right? <laughs> because it's on the second floor of the courthouse. Yeah. Right? There's, okay. there's, not, there's only one way up and down. Yeah. The staircase. And he goes, yeah, yeah, that's, that's fine. He goes, okay. So he goes out and he smokes a cigarette. He comes back and Bundy is gone. Yeah. And someone comes and says, there was a guy who jumped out of the second floor. <laughs> Which tells me that that guy, that's not the first time the guy left him alone. 
Yeah. Like, he he's probably... like, he left him behind, and he just saw an opportunity and took it. Yeah. And so he hid out in the woods. Um, he lost a whole lot of weight. They caught him again. He's... I mean, living out in the woods probably makes you lose a lot of weight. Yeah. Uh, the second time he got away, he, I think, tunneled. He, he basically made a dummy that, like, they put him in a high, higher security prison. Uh, not like maximum security, but it was a higher security jail. Yeah. And so he, in his bunk, he made a dummy of himself. And then because he lost enough weight in the woods, he got through the ceiling and was able to tunnel out of the ceiling. Jeez, wow. Um, and get out of prison that yeah. way, right? And then the third time he was caught, he was representing himself. And there's scenes in a documentary where, like, they have footage, because this is late 70s, early 80s, of him representing himself. And he went on a spree where he killed a number of sorority girls on a college campus. Yeah. And he's cross-examining the police officer that uh, found the scene, mm-hmm. right? And it's very chilling because he, he's asking him to describe the scene, but yeah. he's asking him to describe the scene, basically the same scene multiple times. And the way he's asking it, you can tell he's kind of getting off on it. Like oh, yeah. And like to the point that the judge is like, I think we've established what's happening. Yeah. You need to continue your line of questioning in another direction. Yeah. Um, wow. He was charismatic enough that when the judge was sentencing him, he says the judge regrets having to uh, sign him the death penalty because he would have been an able um, defense lawyer. <laughs> wow. When a judge says Bundy, they were... <laughs> also... Uh, because he was a good-looking guy, um, had a number of defenders in the public at large, even after he was sentenced. Just he because got he married in prison and fathered a child while in Whoa, prison. Oh, that is weird. That's crazy. That's what I'm saying. He's very charismatic. Yeah. I, um, I did not know. <laughs> that is a side tangent, though, because yeah, we're well, talking about... So, season one focuses yeah. on the development of profiling. <laughs> <laughs> nice transition. <laughs> um, it's set in 1977. Yeah. The Rotten Tomatoes is 97%. Oh, for that? For the first season. First season, okay. Metacritic was 79 out of 100. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Uh, second season is eight episodes focused on the Atlanta child murder, so it's set in 79 to 81. Yeah. Uh, the show was renewed for a second season before its first episode ever aired. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Um... So, in the first season, a lot of it is is establishing a baseline through interviews with these killers. What they did, what thoughts were going through their heads, stuff like that. Yeah. Right? And it's interesting the amount of people they're talking to. One of the things that, that is interesting to me about this show is the, the character development and the subtle behaviors that you start watching the characters do. Yeah. Because they're exposed to so much of this. Yeah. Like, so Holden is very ambitious and he's very arrogant. Mm-hmm. And he several times will 
broach the line of what I would consider ethics and what the FBI would consider yeah. ethics. Yeah, no, I, um, I agree. He kind of gets caught for it because he he uses language to relate with the killer to get them to open up, but it's very vile what, yeah. what he says. Um, and, you know, Tench, his partner, is kind of the, the more veteran special agent, um, doesn't have a great home life. He, he, he and his wife, um, adopted a kid, um, who, they wouldn't have called it this at the time, but I think the kid is on some form on the spectrum. Yeah. Um, like he doesn't talk. Um, mm-hmm. he wets the bed at an abnormally late age, which is a sign of a serial killer. Why oh, the bed at an abno- abnormally late age? I mean, yeah. Or Setting fires, be... torturing animals, stuff like that, yeah. right? I mean, the kid doesn't yeah, set yeah, yeah. fires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but still, yeah, like, the, not having a conscious or feeling um, bad about certain things, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Wendy is a psychology professor at... She's not at Harvard. I think she's at Boston University. I think Boston. I think. Yeah. yeah, she's in Boston. She comes to DC to help them kind of establish this profile. She's she's actually the more expert person at designing an actual questionnaire, which happens closer to the end of season one. Mm-hmm. Um, season one to me, it's interesting to watch Holden start to kind of devolve. Um, and take on more aspects of these these killers. The more that he's interviewing them, yeah. The like more he that he's like losing his humanity. He he retreats into his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so he he starts off the the season dating this this graduate student, and over the course of the series, he kind of closes off to her to the point that it, it's interesting. There's a scene where. Um, she's sitting out on the, the porch of the apartment she lives in and she has a glass of wine and he like takes in the scenes and because he's been a detective for a while now and he's, he's been doing this, he's like, oh, you're going to break up with me. And she's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And he goes, well, you knew I was coming here, but we're outside. The front door is locked. Um, you have a bottle of wine and one wine glass. Yeah. Like, I, Okay, I, I can see where this is going. And yeah. so, yeah, she fesses up and she's going to break up with him or whatever. Um, his interactions with Tench are interesting because he's fairly new to homicide or road school is what they call it. Where they yeah. go around to different police precincts and educate them in how uh, the FBI solves crimes, right? Mm-hmm. And it's funny to me that Tench has been doing it so long that, like, you know, he, he's, there's a scene where he's, like, taking his time, putting up his stuff, and he's like, wait, just hurry up and go. He's like, no, someone will ask us to look at something. Because <laughs> they're the FBI. Yeah. And they're coming to see small towns, and they're like, hey, we have this case. We have no clue what's going on. Yeah. And so they're like... looking, at, like, they offer them out of professional courtesy to look at it. It's not... It's a way for the FBI to help local law enforcement without officially helping, helping local yeah. law enforcement, which is, is an interesting workaround. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wendy's an interesting character. She's uh, She is gay um, at a time where she would not have... 
yeah, had been that, welcome in the FBI. And that comes out kind of later in the uh, series. It does. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting watching her interact with these guys who think that she is one thing, but she's not because she hasn't opened up any of this. Yeah. Like, she, she is out in Boston, but for understandable reasons in D.C., she is not. Yeah. Um, I, well, and I wouldn't even say, though, that she's closeted. She's just not talking, she's just not talking, like, it never comes up. Yeah, it's not like um, she's lying, but it just she. Yeah, it's a, a mission of truth. Yes. I guess. Yeah. Um. Or maybe that's the wrong term. Anyway, she's she's open, but she's not, or she's out, but she's not. Um, Announcing it is is open. Yeah. With it when she moves to DC, so it's interesting to watch her navigate, going from navigating academic waters where like that's fine, like Boston yeah. is a very liberal. No one would really care. Um, She's dating another professor at another school. Like, no one really cares. Yeah. Um, And going to law enforcement, where at the FBI at the time, that would have been a huge deal. Yeah. Um, They would not have hired her as a a consultant. Because she's she's not an FBI agent. She is hired as a consultant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Holden develops a friendship with with uh, one of the murderers that causes him to kind of have a panic attack because he's in a room with a... Yeah. It's interesting, like, how they kind of deal with that panic attack and everything along those lines. It's, it's... Yeah, the soundtrack is, is amazing. For yeah. It's like playing old, like, stodgy Led Zeppelin as he's <laughs> having this panic attack. Yeah. Um, it's really, really cool. Um the the way they've shot it, the way they've scored mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, and I've enjoyed the visual effects. I enjoyed a lot of the um, the sound quality and everything like that. Yeah, and the um, it just the cinematography it was really good. Yeah, and it's well, the could, first the first episode is very graphic, but there, there's there is a scene that is very graphic in terms of violence. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was a hundred percent shocking. The majority of this of this show, though, like it's graphic in the way that like you're looking at crime scene photos. Yeah, but there's not a lot of vi- like on screen violence. violence. Yeah. there's a lot of implied violence. Yeah, and it's a lot of like post violence. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and sort of like dealing with you know the repercussions that come after that. And yeah, then like. Dealing with the people who did that, so yeah. Well, and um, so it, it's interesting too. In the the first season, there there's a an entire episode where Holden is speaking at a school with kids about how, oh. um, how like what his job consists of, mm-hmm. and then he gets approached by a teacher, and yeah, she has about concerns about the principal the guy maybe who's touching tickles. the kids who's. Tickling the kids, yeah. right? He tickles them <clears throat> for a nickel or something like that. Yeah, he gives them a nickel to like tickle their feet, right? Weird. It's we, it's weird. His explanation of it, like he's it's like, a, I'm just making them happy. It's like mm, you're it's, touching kids' feet. Yeah, I'm in the camp that what he's doing is wrong. It's interesting to me how gray the situation becomes yeah, because it, it is. comes. Like, after he talks to these other, other teachers, because the kids are too young to really 
Like yeah, understand. Really, yeah, like they don't understand, or it's like that's a serious breach of ethical mm-hmm. uh, of ethics to speak to these kids, right? Yeah. Um, but the other teachers, like some of them, are like, yeah, the woman that came up to you, though, like she has it in for him for this reason, and then other people are like, well, that person doesn't like that other teacher for X reason, right? Yeah. And the principal has an innocent enough explanation for it where it's like, that's weird, but it's not like... It, <laughs> it, it's, it's strange, but it's not like... He's not saying he's doing it because it gives him pleasure. He's saying it like, oh, well, this is a way to either, you know punish them for some way without actually punishing them. Um, it like, he's not saying that he gets any joy out of it. Right. Yeah. But, but it's, still it's doesn't. very weird. <laughs> and I think if I remember right, he doesn't, he lose his job. Yes. Over it? I think yeah. he does. Um, and isn't there like a love triangle or something like that? Like somebody, uh, maybe I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, I think you're thinking yeah. of, of something else. But, but yeah, the, it, it's it's uh, it's a very strange situation. But it's it's funny to see um, Holden kind of going off on this side quest and applying the things that he's yeah. learning in a different way. Yeah. Um, season two is definitely very interesting, especially since we live in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, the Atlanta child murders are... I didn't even know that these were things. Oh, you didn't know about them? No. Yeah, I don't, so, I don't keep track of a lot of murders. Um, Sorry. So there's a lot of questions about whether or not Wayne Williams is, is actually the Atlanta child killer. Hmm. Um, based on the profile that the FBI has and still uses, as far as I know... Um, Serial killers rarely, to the point of never, kill outside of their own ethnic group. Oh, I didn't know that. All of the kids that were killed were African-American kids. Okay, huh. Um, There's a lot of tension in the city for a variety of very good reasons that I'll go into in a second. Mm -hmm. Wayne Williams is probably the most likely person based on their evidence um john douglas because he's the guy that actually worked on the case wayne williams is in prison because of this so he can't say one way like he can't say anything other than nope this is the evidence he's the guy right there's a suspicion that there was more than one person Mm. but when wayne williams got caught the killing stopped too so oh yeah right um the police caught him um, in Cobb County having stopped his van and dumped a body in the Chattahoochee. Oh. Ugh. Right? Yeah. Uh, well, he dumped something. They couldn't find anything. But mm-hmm. he stopped and he, he something went into the water. Yeah. And they were able to catch him. It was a really weird time of night. Like, they caught him at like 3 or 4 in the morning and he was like, I'm... 
bad with directions and I'm scouting out like he was a music producer and so he's like I'm scouting out a vocalist and I'm supposed to meet her tomorrow yeah and they're like well why are you out here at like four in the morning like this is <laughs> that really doesn't weird. make sense like, yeah nothing about it is wrong but it just doesn't make sense but it's just weird yeah like it, it's that weirdness that continues into season two when when they're actually looking at the the child killer and Rather than, like, season one, they jump around to a bunch of different people. Season two, they speak with Son of Sam. The main case they're working on is the Atlanta Child Killer. They speak with Manson. Hmm. The character, the the actors that play Manson and Son of Sam both um, look like... Son of Sam and Manson, like, to a creepy degree. Like, it doesn't look like they used any CG. (laughs) No, I mean, Um, it's just good good, uh, casting. Yeah, Yeah. really, really good casting, really good acting. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny, I feel like Holden getting a chance to speak with Manson, like, in season one was, like, his, like, I want to interview Manson. Yeah. that's, That's who I want to speak with, right? But when he actually gets a chance to do it in season two, like, it's very apparent he's just a nut job. Like, yeah. he's not... He's not, like, this uh, sophisticated killer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, so, so in season two, with the Atlanta killings, the black community, when, when they, they, and now, when, when, uh, was it Andrew Young? mayor um maybe announced that they had caught the uh the killer it was wayne williams there was a lot of distrust within the black community that that was actually the case Hmm. because you have to keep in mind this is less than 20 years after the demasking laws came out yeah there's a lot of police on the police force that were older, that were clan members. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of very well-grounded reasons for them to not trust the fact that, exactly. <laughs> that they actually caught the right person and they're just fingering the wrong person. Yeah. But there's also a lot of weird, weird, like... Coincidences. There's coincidences and there's explanations, but they don't line up and it's like, ah, that... Yeah, maybe the same carpet fabric would be on this body, but like it's the same fabric that's in your house, yeah, yeah. So, like, or in your van. So yeah. like, uh, that's kind of hard to explain away. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I I personally think they caught him. Like the theories, that, like there's a theory that there's three other people, but that theory has to include the fact that one of them has another theory with true crime people that he was actually. Um, the Zodiac because he was a cop. Oh. Who, came, like, this this one guy, he was a cop in San Francisco, and when he left San Francisco, the Zodiac killing stopped. But that's right around the time that the Atlanta child killing stopped, and he was stationed here, and then he left here and went to Arizona, and then there were a series of murders in Arizona, and... Wow. That's a lot. Yeah, like, that, 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 a lot. like that's a lot to believe. Like, I feel like the simplest explanation is probably the most correct one yeah arkham's razor uh yeah um i feel like the second season is much stronger than the first season yeah uh i think they because again the first season kind of jumps around a lot 
Um, it does feel like the second Which it season. Has to. It's it's kind of slapdash because like they're just showing the individual like pieces yeah. that make up the whole. Yeah, and then the second season definitely has like an a story arc. I feel like yeah, yeah. It's not just like a bunch of rant, not random, but a bunch of standalone um, episodes. Like with the first season, you know. Barring the relationship with all of the detectives, I feel like you could probably watch that out of sequence and not, you know, be too confused. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's I'm some minor barring, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Barring the, you know, the relationship amongst all of the, um, yeah. because that's a story and that's definitely an arc that is told in season one. Yeah. But with like the actual um, people that they interview and the crimes and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, and then the second one, yeah, it does feel like it's a little bit more focused. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely more focused just because of the arc. Um, I'm wondering if in season three there, like, there's a couple of things that they can go with, and mm-hmm. so I, th- I feel like because I've I've pretty much spoiled season one and two at this point. Um, my recommendation is to watch the show. Yeah. And keep up with it. Would would you agree? Like, yeah. It, I mean, you have I mean, to have specific interests. I think I do. Um, I it, it was a good watch for me, but it's not really in my wheelhouse. Like, this isn't something that interests me too much. So I don't know if I'm going to keep up with it. Yeah. Um. It's it's clever and it definitely gets you like thinking and stuff like that. It's well made, I think. It's well made, yeah. Like I said, the cinematography is really good. The um the way that they use music and everything is really um good as well. It's just I'm not a super big fan of all of this or these topics. I yeah. can understand why you yeah. are and everything, and I understand what somebody um with that kind of passion how this would be a really interesting show and Again, it is well executed. I just, I don't think it's for me. That's so, fair. Yeah. So I don't think I'll probably keep up with it, but sure. I, I can't fault anybody who really enjoyed it to keep up with it. And if, like, true crime or anything that we talked about is, like, interesting to you, I would highly recommend it to those people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with that, I kind of want to move into a prediction for season three. Sure. Because they're setting up Dennis Rader throughout seasons one and two, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that they're going to, I, I feel like it would make narrative sense if they end it after three seasons for him to collar BTK. Now there's another route they could take and see how many seasons they can get out of it because John Douglas was like the serial killer hunter for like 30 Quite a while, yeah. Um, so they, he's got quite a few stories to he's tell. He's got a few stories to tell. They could very easily have him go into, it would be an interesting change of locale because, you know, he was put in the hospital for a while for exhaustion because he was investigating a case while he was investigating the stuff in Atlanta, he was also investigating the Alaskan murders. He oh, was wow. also investigating something in Oregon. So, like, he was on a plane. Just traveling. or Yeah, that's got to be hard. Um, and so so the that's Alaskan dedication. murder is, 
really weird because it's this guy in Alaska who is a he's a baker. Huh? And he has a family and everything. Yeah. But he all the evidence points to like he would hunt women. He would like kidnap women and stick them out in the middle of nowhere, naked, in the cold, and then he would just like hunt them. Oh jeez. Right? Wow. Because it's Alaska and like there's no one around. Uh, and all the evidence is pointing to him and his card player buddies are, are like, no, he's no, he he was with me or whatever, and they're like, no, we have proof that this is true and this is true and this is true. Uh, you're lying about this. Wow. You like, you can stick with this story, but yeah. like, you'll just get charged as an accomplice. Yeah. And so everyone backs off of him, and he's he's the killer. <laughs> like that killed. guy's the killer, yeah. right? Um. They could, I mean, because they're not basing it a hundred percent off John Douglas, like they could have him investigate. Yeah, I mean, Dahmer, they could have him investigate. I'm sure they can take some liberties to, like... Yeah, yeah. like, they've taken enough liberties with the show that it's like, well, this is generally, yeah, what happened, but they're having to condense a lot. Yeah, of course. the seasons are only, like, eight episodes. Yeah. Um, They're not very long. Um, So, yeah, like, there's a a bunch of different ways they could take it. Um, I kind of personally hope that they end it with season three and kind of wrap up the arc with him collaring btk yeah i think i think three seasons would be like would be good yeah like because that's enough to wrap up a lot of the stuff that's going on yeah yeah i I agree um so yeah with that um i recommend it obviously with caveats that Stuart mentioned yeah um again i think it's a well it's a well put together show um it's a netflix um original original and, you know, Netflix really does well with these kind of uh, shows that they keep on producing. So, yeah, uh, again, with the caveats I said, I would recommend it to people who enjoy this kind of uh, genre. Yeah. So, um, if you want to send us an email, we can be reached at backroofsupershow at gmail.com. That's right. Um, we have a book club. Uh, the book is Catcher in the Rye. Um, the... Next episode of the main show is going to be Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. So look out for that. <laughs> With Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, <laughs> the I like how we're transitioning from Arnold. like a, a really like serious topic. Cop drama to another cop <laughs> comedy. A, a ridiculous cop comedy. Um... <laughs> Our Facebook is Backroad Super Shows, four separate words. That's right. Um, we're hosting a nerd fight there. We do coverage episodes. We give out prizes for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a Patreon that all the money goes back into the show. It's patreon.com slash Super Show. Yeah, check that out. Um, and, yeah. So next time we see y'all, we'll, we'll be talking about how Arnold um, gets away with acting in roles that would probably be better suited for other people, but we don't give a shit. Yeah. he's cool. He is cool. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I guess with the holidays coming up, that, like, you know, this is obviously a shorter episode than normal. We're a little bit more loosey-goosey because, you know, we're, we're getting these in and getting them out as soon as we can, so I apologize in lapses of time and how and, loose and, these are. And eggnog. We can blame eggnog. eggnog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, that should do it. We'll see you guys later. And, um, 
Stay golden. And happy holidays. Happy holidays. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Be kind, rewind.